It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Be brutally honest with you. Yeah. I really don't remember how we stumbled on the question we're about to pose to you during our pre-show meeting, but it sparked a heated debate, so we said to hell with it. Let's bring it to the air. I think you just threw it out there randomly. I don't think there was anything to it. I think you just said it. Just kind of organically came up yeah. in conversation. Yeah. He's Jonathan Zaslow, in for Amber Wilson. I'm Ian Fitzsimmons here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM channel. Lately, we greatly appreciate you spending part of your afternoon or early evening with us here on on ESPN Radio. So here was the here's the question. We're talking. We were getting into Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Drake May, Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix, JJ McCarthy. You know all all the top you know quarterbacks in the upcoming NFL draft as they all spoke Ooh, today. Now we're getting serious for the here. first time. Caleb Williams skipping medicals. Jaden Daniels going out. You know, I don't care where I play. I'm just ready to go ball. I, by, by the way, Jaden Daniels and Caleb Williams, my gosh. I only saw Drake May in person once. He's bigger than you think. I mean, people, yeah. he's every bit of 6'3", 6'4", 230, 235. I mean, he's a big, big dude. Jaden Daniels, slim frame, but did things we've never seen in college football before. Going for over 12,000 yards and over 3,000 yards rushing. First to ever do it. Heisman Trophy. Caleb Williams, last year, Heisman Trophy. Loses a lot of weapons. Jordan Addison and company. Higher completion percentage this year, but his defense was horrendous. Uh, Hence, Alex Grinch getting dismissed as a defensive coordinator. But all three, you got got Tim Hasselbeck saying he likes Drake May number one overall. Great year to have a top three pick. Years like this are so rare. Great year to be bad. You've got Dan Orlovsky saying he believes he's the best quarterback. Mel Kuyper, myself, you, all, we all think Caleb Williams is the number one overall pick. It's all in the eye of the beholder. So then I just brought up a hypothetical, and I don't even remember how it came up. I think you just but said it. I just said, hey, what, what about Brock Purdy? Brock Purdy versus any quarterback in this draft, who would you take? And we'll go to the phones on this also at 888 <laughs> 729 ESPN. Now think about what we're talking about here. Brock Purdy, there's only four quarterbacks that threw for more yards this year than Brock Purdy did in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Tua, Jared Goff, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen. Behind him, Patrick Mahomes. Because, well, his receiving core led the league in, in drops, right? Right. I mean, Brock Purdy, touchdown to INTs. 31 touchdowns, only 11 INTs. Only two other quarterbacks threw for more touchdowns than he did. And we're talking about possibly taking a rookie over Brock Purdy. So and we're not talking about we're not talking about putting one of these rookies in Brock Purdy's place. It's not like no, with those no. weapons, just one of these guys or Brock Purdy, you're building your team going forward. You you, you like vanilla ice cream? Do you like chocolate ice cream? No toppings. You know, do, do you like apple pie? Do you like, you know, I mean, chocolate icebox pie? Whatever. Who knows? I mean, whatever you want to go with. Apples, oranges. Who do you like? Brock yep. Purdy or, let's go down the list, Brock Purdy or Caleb Williams? Who are you taking? Okay, so one one of the quarterbacks, rookie year NFC Championship game, second year Super Bowl, and by the way, fantastic second half comeback in the NFC Championship game. 
It's not like he was just a statue back Down there. Down 17 points. Yeah, he had to win them the game. All right, he was fantastic. Brock Purdy or Caleb Williams? I'm going Caleb Williams. <laughs> I want – Ian, I want the ceiling, all right? I want the ceiling, you know? And not crazy. that I don't think Brock Purdy has – it's not like Brock Purdy's hit his ceiling. He – I would think that a quarterback who's clearly really good like Brock Purdy, who's only been linked for two years, it's kind of stupid to think that he's not going to continue to get better, but I, Brock I want Purdy. the ceiling of Caleb Williams. This, this is what's crazy, right? Brock Purdy, you just took a, an unproven rookie I'm so stupid. over a man who completed nearly 70% of his passes in the NFL for over 4,200 yards he had the highest average yeah. of yards per completion in the yeah. entire league. Yeah. And you took an unproven rookie over Brock like, Purdy. Caleb Williams definitely would have led that comeback in the second half against Detroit this year. Right? Like, no way. And no against way, Green Bay. right? They were down against Green Bay also. He had to lead yeah. a second half no comeback way. against them too. No way. I'm taking I agree Caleb with Williams. You. I, would, I would probably take Caleb Williams. I'm the biggest Brock Purdy defender out there. And I, like I would him probably too. take Caleb Williams. Which right, is it's insane. important to, right. It's important to point out that these aren't two guys on the radio who have been like down on Brock Purdy throughout the year. I like Brock Purdy. I, I don't just like, man. I love the guy. I mean, I, I called two of his games last year. And guys gravitate. I'm behind the bench, and guys are gravitating to a rookie. I like him. I mean, who was drafted dead last. And by the way, if he wasn't dead last, I've said this a million times, if he was taking one pick higher or an undrafted free agent. No, better yet, undrafted. He he is the second coming of Kurt Warner. But because he has that stupid tag of Mr. Irrelevant, that's why so many people hike their leg on him. And I don't know why I brought him up, of all people, because I defend him more than anybody that I know. Maybe outside of you, Zaz. and but here we are. We're, we're taking Caleb Williams over over a man who completed nearly seventy percent of his passes uh, in the in the National Football League and went to a Super Bowl. All right, Jaden Daniels or Brock Purdy? Okay, Brock Purdy, who took his team to the NFC title game in his rookie year and the Super Bowl in his second year, or Jaden Daniels, who broke set records that we've never seen in college football. Over 12,000 yards passing in his career, over 3,000 yards rushing, never been done before in a Heisman Trophy. I'm going Jane Daniels. I'm so stupid. I'm going Jane Daniels. So stupid. Jaden Daniels takes more big hits. He, uh, then, uh, that's the biggest thing on him. He's got to be. He's got to learn to get down. You can't go up against Bethune from Florida State and think you're going to survive, right? right? I mean, or <laughs> Dallas Turner with Alabama. I mean, he, he takes too many big hits. I'm going Brock Purdy. Oh, okay. I'm going Purdy. Just look. Just, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm just going back in my head right now and replaying LSU games. And I was, I was standing on the pile, but right next to the pylon against Bama last year, overtime. Jaden Daniels runs in the game tying touchdown, and then they go for two, and he hits Moss in the corner of the end zone for the for the the two point conversion to win it against unbeatable Big Bad Bama. Yeah, he is. He's really is, good. I'm going with a guy who completed nearly 70% of his pass in the NFL. I got, I'm going Jane Daniels. It, it, it I sounds love it. stupid. I That's love it. coming out of my mouth. All right, let's, 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 let's mix in a few phone calls here. Rob in Michigan. Rob, what would you do? Brock Purdy or any quarterback in the upcoming draft? Rob in Michigan. Go ahead. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I think at this point you got to take Brock Purdy. There's no question. you got a quarterback that's a known quantity. He's proven himself in the NFL. 
you're going to take a first-round pick and some unproven quarterback. How many first-round quarterbacks haven't done anything? Just my opinion. A lot. He's he's being too rational, Ian. He's too rational. Especially on a Friday when happy hour has begun. Too rational. All right, let's go to another one. Drake May. Purdy, he's rational. (laughs) I love it, Rick. Thank you. Literally everything that Rick said there is completely reasonable and rational. All right, Drake May, Zaz. Brock Purdy or Drake May? I'm going Brock Purdy here. I got. I'm drawing the line now. Now I want Purdy. If I got the number three overall pick potentially, and Purdy is still available, I, I now I gotta. I gotta get my act together. Now I'm going with the guy who was just in the Super Bowl. I gotta go Purdy. <laughs> the guy completed 69.4 percent yeah. of his passes for That's over right. 4,200 yards, 31 touchdowns, That's and right. only 11 ints, and it had the highest I'll yards per completion percent. <laughs> I will only pass on him twice. Dave in New York. Dave, you going Brock Purdy or any quarterback in the upcoming draft? Go ahead, Dave. Dave, Daniel Jones is not on line two. Uh, Daniel, yep, that may have been Daniel Jones. Anyway. All right, let's go. Just just a couple more deals. Rapid fire. Okay. Michael Penix Jr., Brock Purdy. Um, no, no, now, now I'm now going we're, Brock now we're, Purdy. Now you're now, all the way. Yeah. J.J. McCarthy. I'm only passing on him twice. Nicks, no, no, I'm going Brock only Purdy. Only twice? Okay. Brock Purdy, yeah. Which is crazy because – But you we, only passed on him once. Just one. I, look, pre-show, I, 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 I was torn between Daniels and right. Purdy. Yeah. But the only concern I have with, with, with Daniels – and, a man, I have a man crush on the guy. I love him. I mean, I, we had him, what, six times in the last two years here on ESPN Radio with Mark Kester and the former first-round pick and Kelly Stauffer. Uh, he is – for what we saw week one against Florida State two years ago to the guy who won the Heisman Trophy, he's a completely different player. And and he continues to get better and better and better. But it's hard Think to about- go against a guy who just went to the Super Bowl and completed nearly 70% of his passes for over 4,200 yards. Only four guys had more passing yards than he did, and only one guy had a better touchdown INT ratio than he did at 31 to 11. Think about – the conversation we're having, and then go back two drafts ago. Two drafts ago, the very last pick in the draft. Would you rather have the very last pick in the draft or in the 24 draft, would you rather have the very first pick in the draft? That's literally the conversation that we are having yeah. right now. And, and guess what? More times than not, I'm going to go over the last. Over the first. He's Zaslow. I'm Fitzsimmons. Coming up next, college football. There's some rules that are changing. And two, are you going to be thrilled about? One, you're not. You're going to be livid when you return here on ESPN Radio. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com.
some rules that changes that are coming to college football. One is way, way overdue. The other, it's not going to make you very happy. With Jonathan Zaslow in for Amber Wilson, I'm Ian Fitzsimmons here on a Friday evening, Friday afternoon, depending if you're on the West Coast. And we appreciate you spending part of your evening with us or afternoon here on ESPN Radio. Uh, th- this is long overdue. Uh, let's go positive first here, Zaz. Let me hear it. And that is, after meetings this week, college football commissioners' leaders are expected to finalize the recommendations given today to adopt a long overdue coach-to-player helmet comms system like the NFL has. You have okay. a green dot on your back of your helmet. Yep. There's no more signals. It's going to be faster. You're going communicating directly. Play caller to quarterback. Coach to helmet comms. And you'll have your signal caller on defense. We'll have the green dot. Same thing on the defense. Basically, NFL rules to the comms directly from coach to player. Now, what Finally, was the holdup here? Time. Was this a financial issue that was a holdup? Man, that's a great question, and I don't have that answer. Okay. All I know is every coach I talked to today after I saw this story, they brought up one name. <laughs> you know where I'm going obvious. with this? Yeah, of course, because you mentioned hand signals. It's pretty obvious. Connor Stallions right? <laughs> from yeah. Michigan. I mean, and it's important to note that the Big Ten first was the first to propose the helmet comms last year before anyone knew about Connor Stallions. So this is not some reaction to Michigan. This was a rule that and, and a a change that was suggested, ironically, by the Big Ten. Yeah. Like, man, let's come on. Let, let, let's get let's get with you know it's twenty twenty four. Let's go. Yeah. Let's move with the modern times. Yeah. And then Connor Stallions happened. And then coaches on rallied around a change going, to hell with this, man. Yep. We need to go to comms. So that is finally going to happen. Okay. The other one, and oh, by the way, you can use now also tablets on sidelines and at halftime. So as you see in the NFL, the blue tablets that everybody has on the bench, you never see those in college football. So they again, been- like I wonder, was that a financial issue? Man, when it comes to Power 5 schools, I think you have some tablets. You can go to the damn College of Communication and get some tablets, right? right? but the smaller so, schools, you know, like, uh, tablets can be expensive. Use the zip line from the press box down All to the right. sidelines. Not my problem, right? All now, right. your problem, if you can't afford it, that, that's a you problem. Okay. Bottom line is big boy football pays the bills, and so now you will have coach-to-player helmet comms and tablets on the sidelines for not just sideline but also halftime. Now, here's the problem. And this one really just, I mean, I laughed out loud when I saw this. They are adding the two-minute warning. Oh, no. I, that's, I, I, I love that about college football, that there's no two-minute warning. Let's keep the game moving. So I let, love no two-minute warning. I'm with you. So let, let me take you through a timeline. Back in 2022, just two years ago. Yeah. Big cry. we got to shorten the games. Average yeah. game was over three and a half hours. Oh, my that, that, God. That's way too long. So long. I mean, the NFL finds a way to fit their product into a three-hour window. I mean, it, it's done. And On cue, every week. Outside of overtime, you know. And by the way, as a wagerer, you damn well know, man, hey, those, those are that early window game. If you're looking to try and yep. stockpile a little bit to see if you're playing with house money in the afternoon window, you know for nine out of ten so times true. your result from that morning window to the afternoon window. I, I mean, know exactly when I got to get back on that phone to place the bets. It. It's so true. And with the college football games, I don't have a cl- My wife will say, when's the game? I'm like, I-, I have no idea. I- but the NFL, if she asked me, I know exactly when this game's going to end. 
So that was a big priority in 2022. And by the way, if you're using a phone to place wagers, you are antiquated. It's all on an app now. I don't care if it's a local book called Name. No, Pat that's Joe what I mean. I'm not, or ESPN Bet, right? Uh, if you're yes, using that's a what phone, I mean. You got pro- oh, you mean actually getting on the phone, not yeah. making a phone call? Okay. No, all no, right, no. Got it. All right. Oh my God! Remember when we used to have to call? Yes. I forget what the and number it was, was. Busy all the time. Oh yeah, stop. we got to get the updates, and you got to wait for the cycle through to get to your score <laughs> to check your bet. Oh my God! The youngins have no idea. Oh, you have no clue how frustrating that was. But anyway, now, so 2022, shorten the games in college football. Big, big, massive push. We've got to shorten the games. 2023, we did. Running clocks after first downs. We shortened the games a bit. Now, this offseason, what do we do? Well, we shorten the games a bit. Um, hold on a minute. You know what we can do? With that time we saved, let's – Throw in a two-minute warning like the NFL at the end of the first half, the end of the game, and we can get more commercial revenue and more promos for our TV shows on our networks. Therefore, hold on a minute. We did shorten the games, but you know what? We're going to throw in the two-minute warning to get some more commercials and ads in, and that go back to the same crap we were dealing with before. So it wasn't about shortening the game. It was about keeping the game the same length with adding more commercials. That's what it was. Man, I, I, when I saw this story earlier today, and again, every coach is all for the comms. It's about time with the sideline tablets and, and using them at halftime. Uh, that, that, that's long overdue. But the two-minute warning, I'm with you. I almost threw up on my boots when I went, I are you serious? I love how they roll through that two-minute yes. warning. I love it. And here's another question. Why can't college football and pro football have uniform rules? Meaning – if you have, if it's two feet down to have a completed pass in the NFL, why isn't it two feet down in college football? Why can't it be uniform? Why can't the hash marks be the same? Why can't I mean it's? it's What's the one that bothers you the most? Because I, 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 I have one that's I'd, always I'd say, bothered me the most. Two, I'd say two feet. If it's two feet in the NFL, give me two feet in college. For me, I I love that college football penalizes pass interference. 15 yards. I hate that it's a spot foul in the NFL. I'd go the other way on that one. I, w- I would go I – w- I would prefer spot foul than no. 15 yards because if a dude is getting a hog tied on a 50-yard bomb, why shouldn't you get the 50 yards instead of just the 15? It's Because a, a lot of times it's a subjective call. It's not like, – like if the referee gets it wrong, which happens all the time, it's too punitive. It's a 60-yard penalty, and you look at the replay. Oh, you know what? He can't challenge it, but he got that wrong. It's too punitive. I hate it. Let me ask you this one then also, because the NFL right now is also tinkering with kickoff yet again. This is led by Jim Irsay, the the owner of the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, he he basically mandates you fair catch everything on kickoff. I feel, I, mean, I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm hearing like a tinge of resentment when you're saying well, well, this. Yeah, because look, I, I, let's say you, you have a perfect mortar kick, right? And you, you drop that bad boy on the one-yard line. And your coverage team is bearing down like crazed dogs. You fair catch that, you get it on the 25. In For play. kickoff. You yeah. don't, you, you're, you're outside the end zone. You could be right. on the five-yard line, the 10-yard line, the half-yard line. And you fair catch it, you get it on the 25. That's why you see every kicker just booming through the uprights and, and, and into the stands. Hate USFL, it. and this is why I was talking to Daryl Moose Johnston, you know, who was you know the, the president of the USFL. Now he is CEO of the UFL. Okay. And, and we had a, a town hall meeting on Wednesday that I emceed, and I asked him about this. And the UFL is not using the XFL rules where you line what up 10 do? yards apart on 35 and you go at it. 
they, they kick off from the 20. It's essentially almost like a glorified punt. That's how Brandon Aubrey, kicker for the Cowboys, got his, his job because he was booming the damn thing damn near the end zone from the 20. He was a cannon for a leg. So, And are they able to still fair catch it and bring it, it out and, to and – the, And the injuries were damn near identical or lack thereof, I should say, to the XFL. UFL is, is, is not using the XFL kickoff rules, which the NFL is considering. They're using the USFL kicking off from a 20, a more traditional kick. If I'm the NFL, that's what I'm looking at. And can you not still the fair XFL catch it, rules. Uh, no, 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 no. You, it's, it, it's, it, you, you're returning it. There but if you no, fair catch, is it just dead right there? Like a punt, yes. Yeah, you can't, so just you like can, a punt. Yes. So you, if you, if it's, it's essentially well, like, like a glorified punt. I like that then. And That's going to force returns. You, I like that. Thank you. It's more yeah. action. Yeah, and I, I, the kickoff is what – kickoff returns, I should say. The kickoff stinks. Kickoff returns have always been among the most exciting plays in a football game. And what are we talking now? Really like the last 10 years? It's totally been taken out. We don't get it anymore. Kickoff returns for a touchdown are so exciting. I wish we could find a way to get that back. If they adopt what you're saying that they're considering adopting, I think that sounds great. If it's USFL, if it's XFL, no, I'm uh, no. I didn't. I called those games last year. I didn't like it. I love the USFL rules that the UFL is going to use this year. We'll see what happens when it comes to that aspect. But the good news is college comms are finally coming from player to coach. Bad news, two-minute warnings are coming to college football. Coming up next, a former NFL executive will let you know what he would do to get a quarterback right here on ESPN Radio. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Jonathan Zaslow and me and Fitzsimmons here on ESPN Radio. And, and, and Zaz, man, I, I had a, a, the privilege of emceeing uh, the UFL Town Hall event with some brilliant football minds. Uh, Bob yeah. Stoops, Daryl Moose Johnston, uh, Russ Brandon, you know, twenty plus years as the CEO, president of the of the Buffalo Bills. Rick Mueller, you know, who spent what fifteen plus years in NFL front offices, um, and I just sat back in the green room for about an hour and listened. And every now and then, I would I would open my big mouth, and I was looked I was looked at like, why don't you just shut up and learn something? <laughs> and one of those minds joins us right now here to get you ready for the NFL draft and let you know how the UFL is the ultimate AAA to the NFL, and Rick Mueller joins us now here on ESPN Radio. And, Rick, we greatly appreciate your time, man. You've been in the NFL front offices and as a scout from Jacksonville to New Orleans to the Philadelphia Eagles, now the GM of the Arlington Renegades, where you guys just won a title last year in the XFL with Bob Stoops as your head coach. We'll touch on the UFL in a moment. But first, if you can, take us behind the scenes. When you're in that scouting department, 
or you're a director of football ops or a GM in the NFL, what comes down to making that decision? How much do we give away if we really believe this guy is our franchise quarterback? It depends on the need. And we've talked about this before. If you don't have a quarterback that can get you where you got to go, you don't have a chance. So I think a lot of time, I mean, obviously more time than any other position is spent on it, but you really, it starts with evaluation. You have to determine which guy is available, which guy are you going to draft one, what kind of capital are we going to give up to get one. And it all comes down to, I mean, obviously you've got to have one one way or another, but when it comes to the draft, when it comes to free agency, when it comes to a trade, I mean, there's so many decisions that have to be made and it has to depend on what's available to you at the time. You can't just plug and play somebody at that position. So you really have to do your research. You have to plan. I know at times we were planning two and three years ahead because we were in a position where we're not going to be able to get one of the guys we want here. And let's say you're end of the first round and you think you're in that position. What's next year's quarterback class look like? And then, hey, let's really study these guys that are going to be second, third, fourth, fifth round picks. And let's see if we can find a Dak Prescott or somebody like that late in the draft that ends up being that kind of guy. And we'll see if we can get by for a year and then hey or do we need to spend some money in free agency i've been in new orleans where we were in a pretty hefty need at the quarterback position and these guys don't come around very often in free agency but drew Brees was out there and it came down to money and there was no compensation because he was a ufa and you know at the time it wasn't a lot of money but we paid him five-year deal for 50 million dollars and we sweated it but we said hey we've got to have a quarterback and we felt like this guy's the answer and we felt like hey if we have to overpay we overpay and, uh, you know, I think that worked out pretty good. And it's not always, everybody always says, let's just jump up and get Caleb Williams or let's just jump up and get Jane Daniels. Well, that's easily said than done, but it takes two to tango. And then you got to come up with, you know, as much time is spent on evaluation, just as much time is spent on how to put a deal together that gets you the guy. Rick, how important are these meetings that teams are having at the combine, these face-to-face meetings with the quarterbacks at the top of the draft. Like, if you, if there's a guy you really like, are there think first, what kind of questions do you want him to answer? And are there things that he can actually say that are going to steer you in a different direction? Yes, there are. And those conversations over the years have changed. But, boy, I'll be honest with you guys. Nowadays, if you're meeting with a quarterback at the combine, they are very well coached. These top guys will understand not only their scheme that they played in college, but they'll have an understanding of what other teams are doing and what other players at the position are doing. I mean, I'll say this. I've been really impressed in the knowledge of those quarterbacks, but at least you get it. You know, you're going to start by asking them some football questions. You're going to put on some film of theirs and have them talk through what's going on, have them make their checks and that type of thing. So certainly they can make mistakes in there or they can stumble through it. That'll give you some red flag. But like I said, most of the time now, they're all sharp with that then it comes down to personality you just try to get them relaxed so you can find out what their personality is and in that regard a lot of times it's not cut and dry it's just do you want this guy as the face of your franchise you know and you you kind of talk as uh you know the head coach the gm and the scouting staff and kind of get a feel for what that guy in your mind needs to be and see if that's a good fit for you Rick Mueller, former NFL executive GM of the Arlington Renegades. Bob Stoops and, and, and Rick won the, the XFL title last year, joining us here on ESPN Radio, uh, getting you ready for the start of UFL and obviously the NFL draft. And Rick, one, one thing that stood out to me where when we when we were in that you know that that UFL town hall on Wednesday night was when, you know you were adamant like I don't care what it takes, man, move heaven and earth to get your quarterback. So l- let's just go hypothetical. If you're 
Chicago, is there an offer that can really sway you if you know that Caleb Williams is your guy or Jaden Daniels is your guy or Drake May is your guy? Is there any offer that could come in if you're the GM and sway you from, from going, you know what, okay, I kind of believe in one of these other ones that I can get them, so I will move out of that one spot if Washington wants to come up and give me three ones and three twos for the number one overall pick. What would you do even if you knew they're taking the guy you really want? Well, it all comes down to if, and, and again, I can't make that decision. That's Ryan Pohl's call all the way. And he's got to decide, is the guy that we're going to get, is he going to be better than Justin Fields? Or how do we, first of all, it starts with how they feel about him in particular. And obviously they're not going to announce that to everybody. But I, I think by now they probably have a really good idea of what they think Justin Fields is. And if they think he's their franchise quarterback and they can win a Super Bowl with him, then they're probably not going to – why would you if, – if you feel that way, why would you risk trading out of that spot for somebody that you don't know about? So they have a pretty good book on them. I mean, all the other teams, they know more than anybody else about them. So, you know, that'll be telling, you know, in that regard. But And then you got to do your homework on everybody else and say, hey, how good do we feel about this class? And that's what they're doing right now. They're talking to those quarterbacks. They're watching them. They're getting to know them. And then – it's a less. They have less, you know, history with these guys coming yeah, out of college. Rick, but, you're not answering the question. I asked you, what would you do <laughs> if you knew that was your franchise guy? Would you move off? Is there an offer rich enough to say, you know what? Yeah, I'll trade the pick. Well, I tell you what. Yeah, there's one out there. Really? It'd have to be stupid. You know, it'd have to be big, but it'd have to be a game changer. You know, it'd have to be. So, if, if he's your guy and you feel like this guy is going to be the, the the answer for us. I mean, you think about it. If you think this guy's going to be Tom Brady, you're going to trade it, trade out of that spot? Hell no. There's nothing they can give you. And I started this conversation by saying, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance. So, right, you know, right. I'm, I'm, I always want to give myself an out, though. You know, I mean, I mean, we've been in, in a draft with, in, in, with Sean Payton and I, and the Houston Texans just drafted. We had the second pick in the draft, and, and we were really excited to get Reggie Bush. Yeah, and you know, I, I said, "Hey, what if?" And we, uh, you know, we felt like Reggie would be a game changer for us. But I said, "What if somebody offers us all all these picks?" And and you know, Sean was was great, but he he didn't want to move on that. He he, he didn't want to have that conversation. You know, we that was our guy, and we're going to stick with it. But they have that conversation because you always, I mean, it, somebody might be so desperate that they're going to give you something that you really love, but. You know, if you think he's your franchise quarterback, I I say, I mean, I would lean toward, but let's let's stay where we're at. Let's take him because we don't want to be one of those teams that traded. You don't want to trade away Michael Jordan or Tom Brady. Amen. The chance to get those guys. Rick, you know, if if the Bears stick with number one, and we all believe they're going to stick with number one, and they're going to move Justin Fields. Ryan Pohl said the other day that he wants to he wants to make sure he does right by Justin Fields. I mean, I guess you got to say that, but, you know, if you're the general manager, Rick, what do you actually owe the incumbent quarterback? Isn't your responsibility, first and foremost, let's just get the best deal possible? Yes. I mean, that's that's first and foremost, but I think you can do both things. You know, I mean, he, and, and I think when Ryan Paul said that, I think he genuinely meant it. You know, like, because you – even I'm mean, Justin Fields better good player for them. So if they do go another direction, you're not kicking them out of the door saying this guy can't play. You're going to be playing against him. So you know in the back of your mind, I know he's got to be thinking, hey, I want to do right by him. But 
that doesn't mean he's going to take less. You know, that doesn't mean that <laughs> that doesn't mean that you know he's going to do whatever Justin wants. I mean, he's going to do. At the end of the day, I mean, I'd be shocked if if any general manager doesn't do what's in the best interest of the. If Ryan Brian Paul is going to do what's in the best interest of the Chicago Bears, but I'm sure that he likes, you know, Justin Fields and will do right by him as best he can, you know, as best he can. But obviously, first and foremost is is making his team better. And if they made that decision that that they're going to go another direction, I I mean, you you do have that feeling. So I, I feel Ryan when he says that because you do have that feeling that you know, hey, this guy we drafted, someone drafted him, but we we feel good about him, but. We just think we this other guy might be a little bit better. You really you're not gonna they're not. In other words, you you know the attitude isn't let's just kick him to the curb. I think it's more let's do everything we can you know to to help him. But you know at the end of the day, if they make the move to trade Justin Fields, they're gonna end up playing against him. So you know they probably don't want to you know treat him bad. Nobody wants to treat him bad. Hey man, we always appreciate the time. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Rick. Thank you. You got it, guys. Good to be with you. Uh, appreciate you, man. Rick Mueller has spent over a decade and a half in NFL front offices, now the general manager of the Arlington Renegades in the UFL with Bob Stoops as his head coach joining us here on ESPN Radio. And, and Zaz, I go back to, to Wednesday night when I was emceeing that, that yeah. event, that, that town hall of the UFL with Russ Brandon, former CEO, president of the Buffalo Bills. You got Daryl Moose Johnston, you know, three-time Super Bowl champion uh, for the Dallas Cowboys and former president of the USFL, now with the UFL. Bob Stoops and Rick Mueller. I mean, it. You know, the, the football brains that were in that. You feel green like room the odd for, man out there. Hour, I didn't say a damn word. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I posed that one question, right? I mean, what, what do you do to get a quarterback? And all of them, every one of them. You know, we finally had to press Rick to give his honest answer there. But, but and, and that, uh. I'm telling you, it, it was. I don't care. Russ had the had the best answer because I don't care if you hit on every pick. Let's say you have six draft picks every year for four years, and you hit on every one of them. If you don't have a quarterback, it doesn't matter. Right. Like, I hate the whole argument when, when people point at, yeah, but they won with this guy and they won with this guy. Like, those are outliers. Not Lombardi's. Not, not Lombardi's. Like, well, his point is, people want to give the, the Trent, it's always your point of Trent Dilfer. It's like, that's an outlier. Yeah. That's not how you win. Yeah. There's an exception to every rule. That's the exception, right? Like, Rex Grossman and the Bears got to a Super Bowl, didn't mm-hmm. win it. Right. Didn't you win know? it. If you want to win a Lombardi, like all those other guys, all those draft picks that you're going to give away if you keep them or you acquire them for trading the pick, you, you, you might get to the playoffs, but without a quarterback, the guy, you ain't winning a Lombardi. That's the bottom line. So that's what we're talking is, about here with the Bears. The point is, there's if you've identified your guy, there's no such thing as a godfather. Move off. heaven, there's move no earth, thing. move the sun, move the stars, whatever you have to do, go get them. There's no godfather offer that could be made. If you got your guy, don't even bother calling. You're going to make him an offer he can't refuse. Well, guess what? He might refuse. Apparently him. not. There you go. Exactly right. We appreciate Rick Mueller for joining us here on ESPN Radio. Uh, coming up top of the hour, wagering on college campuses. You don't want to miss this story coming up with a Peabody award-winning reporter for us here at ESPN. John Barr has a remarkable story. You do not want to miss it coming up at the top of the hour. With Jonathan Zaslow, I'm Ian Fitzsimmons. Coming up next, if you are looking for the next great player in the NBA, well, we found him. And we'll tell you who he is when you return here on ESPN Radio. First, the bad news. 
SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Shea Gildas-Alexander, top of the lane against Sohan. Bounce pass off front, Holmgren, guarded by Wembenyama. Step back jumper, stuffed by Wembenyama! Six blocks for Victor Wembenyama. He has been on fire. Audio courtesy of the Spurs Radio Network with Jonathan Zaslow. I'm Ian Fitzsimmons. Zaz in for Amber Wilson. Here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. We appreciate you spending part of your evening if you're on the East Coast, Central Time Zone, and afternoon if you're on the West Coast with us. We always value your time, and, we, and thank you for coming along for our ride. Coming up in about five minutes, Remarkable advice we have for every parent out there that is dealing with a 14, 15, 16-year-old learning to drive. We'll give you great advice coming up on that. Zaz and I are in the middle of that very thing. Me for yeah. the second time, Zaz for the first time. Yeah. Parent, you know, print, you know, parenting 101 coming up in about five minutes. But Wimby, man, look at look at what this guy is doing right now. Bad Last off- night was amazing. Just an awful basketball team. Let's be honest, right? Yeah. But this dude is grinding every single day to improve his game. And I'll, I'll, I'll just point to one thing, Saz, and, I'll, and mm-hmm. I'll turn the floor over to you. His three-point shooting. On the year coming into the month of February, he was around 25% from beyond the arc. Yeah, he was struggling. From February 1 to today, he was 41%. He has worked so hard on his outside shot to the point where, yeah, he's hitting over at seven foot eight, whatever the hell he is. I mean, he is hitting 41% from beyond the arc in the month of February. That is showing how hard that dude, forget when he's on TV, forget the live games, behind the scenes, you know, and, and forget, you know, shoot arounds on game days. This dude is grinding to improve his game. Watch out because you want we we use that that term generational talent. I'll, I think it's it's become almost as as overused as culture in a locker room. But this guy, he is different, and he he could be truly generational when you look at how far his game has come since he got into the league to where he is right now in such a short period of time. I feel like you were trying to take a jab at heat culture there, so I'm going to pretend like that was not directed at my Miami heat. The heat culture that everybody talks about culture. All heat culture culture slander is welcome on any show that I produce. 
I'm just kidding. But what a couple things that I want to point out. With I missed Wemby. something on that one, but go ahead. No, because you said that culture is overstated, you know. Anyway. It is in every room. I mean, we use that word too much when it comes, what's their culture like? like Jerry Jones or Stephen Jones defending the Cowboys culture. I mean, come on. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, back a to Wemby. A couple things that I want to point out about Wembenyama. Number one, I everybody knows Greg Popovich is a great coach. Okay, obviously. But I really don't understand some of what Popovich has done this year with this team. You know, Trey Jones is now in at point guard for the Spurs. He was not starting the beginning of the year. They tried out Jeremy Sochan as a point guard, who's not a point guard, and he hated it. And I do think, you know what? A big man who you need to be able to get him the basketball, a guy who's eight feet tall like that, it does help when you have an actual point guard on the floor with him. I do think that has helped in a major way. So I think there are parts there where Popovich was not really doing Wembanyama any favors at the beginning of the season. But I will also say, and this is to the organization and Wembanyama's credit, I'm surprised, Ian, at how much he's playing. I thought, and we know load management, I mean, all that garbage, it's the biggest story in the NBA. I would have thought that that was going to be a major theme with Wembanyama this year. It has not been. Dude goes out there and plays, and I think at this point, I know Holmgren is great. He wants he, to play. He wants to be out there. Oh, yeah. He wants to play, and the Spurs, are they're not babying him, so I love that. I'm surprised by it. Chet Holmgren has been great. Say whatever you want. Is he a rookie? Is he a second-year player? I think Wembanyama at this point is running away with this award. I, I don't disagree. And we're always looking for the next guy for some reason where we can't embrace what we already have in front of us, right? But this next wave of young players in the NBA, SGA, Halliburton, you know, I mean, and, and Wemby. I mean, my Anthony gosh, Edwards man. is another guy. Yeah. Oh, the Ant-Man is just – what he said the other day, like, hey, hey, how do I get on, all, uh, on the all-defensive team? Why don't you go watch our bleeping games? <laughs> it was just awesome. Awesome. Uh-huh. People need to watch more Minnesota Timberwolves basketball. But Wemby right now, I mean, real deal. all the hype coming in, yeah. And it's rare that that actually happens when you have a guy that hyped that lives up to it. And he's not just he's living so up to it. He's so much better right now beyond. than he was yes. at the beginning of the year. Like, all, And I know you gave out the three-point numbers. He's a lot better right now than he was four months ago. No, I completely agree with you. He's Jonathan Zaslow. I'm Ian Fitzsimmons here on ESPN Radio. Now to Parenting 101. Yeah, you're giving me advice here. So my 18-year-old daughter, Rowan, I, I did this three years ago, teaching her to drive. It is nerve-wracking. You thought teaching a kid how to ride a bike was nerve-wracking as a dad or a mom. Getting behind the wheel of a car is, uh, whew, Padna. If you value the relationships, Zaz, this, this is what I told you off air, and I'm going to tell you My oldest son is 15 for context. He just got his permit, yes. What you do is you go to your wife, and you're going to be the good guy. Okay, I you, love being the good guy. And you go, hey, honey, I'll tell you what. I, I'll st- I'm going I'm to take this. I'm going to yeah. start this. Yeah. I'm going to go to the church parking lot. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going to teach him the basics. I, I, I'm going I'm to crank this tractor. I got it. I'm gonna, then you go. You graduate from the church parking lot to the stadium parking lot or a big shopping center parking lot, you know, where, where it's yeah, empty. Yeah, we got, we got one real close to us, yeah. Yeah, that's where you're learning, you know, reverse, you know, don't turn the camera off, the reverse camera, use the mirrors, all that stuff. That's Give them the basics, advice. you know. I mean, you know, left blinker, right blinker, you know, all the basics. But then when it comes to the streets, you've given the child all the basic tools. This is where you turn, hand the baton. All right, honey, I gave him the basics. Your turn. 
You are so awesome. Thank you. Because you don't want to be in that car. Oh, so you think she's going to appreciate me doing that? In the moment. Until she gets on the streets. Well, then what do I do? You kick back and thank God you're not in the car with them. But then isn't she going to come back and say this was a terrible idea? I'm not doing this anymore? No. Because you, you did your part. You just passed the baton. Now it's her. So she has to do her part. Yes. Because I feel like I started out Coach, the good guy in this worked. scenario. I think I'm going to end wor- up the bad guy. It worked round one, and it's working again. My my younger daughter's 15. It's working again round two. Just trust Your wife me doesn't on this. know this trick? No. She hasn't caught on to it? No, and she's not listening right now. She never listens to us. She will never know this. Yeah, my wife doesn't listen either. I'm telling you, it's gold. You're the good guy. I, I promise like being you. the good guy. I wouldn't lie to you. It's parenting 101 when it comes to driving right here on ESPN Radio. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.